A spontaneous and unrehearsed interview. Welcome to the 87th episode of Curiosityness. Got a little voice crack in there again. And this is the show where we talk about interesting things and learn about interesting stuff being done. And that's why we're talking to Pete Williamson today. And Pete is with a company called Electric GT. And Electric GT is making it possible for you to convert your old classic cars like an old Camaro or Mustang or anything you want really to an electric version. That's right. Just drop in an electric motor just like you would do a normal engine swap. Schwab, you're going to drop in an electric version of that. So it's super cool. This isn't sponsored by them. I just found Electric GT and was super stoked on what they were doing and excited to hear about it. So Pete's going to share all of what they're doing. We're going to talk about how the conversion works, how you drop it in, how it fits with your transmission, how you sort of have a manual electric vehicle, which is pretty crazy and awesome. The conversion process, the timeline, the batteries, where the batteries go, how the charging works, where the charging port goes, the power, the range, favorite builds, future stuff. It's crazy. So let's get to the episode. Here is Pete from Electric GT. All right, we're rolling. What's up, Pete? What's going on, Travis? (laughs) Thanks for coming on, man. Stoked to talk to you. No problem. So, uh, I mean, I guess let's just dive into it. What's what's going on? What are you guys doing at, uh, at Electric GT over there? Well, at Electric GT, our big focus is, uh, I guess you would just say we're trying to make classic cars drivable uh, every day. So our big objective is repowering these things instead of, you know, somebody buying a Tesla. Why not just take that old Mustang you've got in your garage and drop an electric powertrain into it and just drive the thing? Right. So, okay. No, I like that, man. That is the overarching philosophy to it. So, we're speaking to traditional uh, car enthusiasts. We've got a motor that plugs into a manual transmission and uh, it operates very much like the car it was intended to be originally. Wow. Dude, that's awesome. So, I mean, does this, I mean, comparing it to a Tesla, does this have the uh, potential to just to become like your daily driver then that's the idea so okay. i'm a i'm a classic car guy i'm actually i'm a huge land cruiser nerd which okay. is nice canter. it's so dumb and expensive and <laughs> and uh you know the the thing that that holds you back on a lot of these old rigs from being able to drive them every day is not the actual bones of the vehicles it's the fact that you're running an old school complicated uh, power plant that needs maintenance, you know, things that parts are hard to come by for these old cars. And they're just, it's not, they're not built at the same level, uh, you know, the same tolerances that today's cars are built on. So you just, by, by eliminating the old gas, uh, the old gas or diesel motor in some, some cases, you're eliminating all those old moving parts that are several generations old and putting in uh, uh, something with like three moving parts total, um, and relying on the parts of the traditional parts of the car that are usually no problems. Manual transmissions, uh, you know, differentials are, are really the only things left. And all you have to do is you have to keep gear fluid in them, make sure you've got brakes and you just drive the car. Dude, that's awesome, that's man. Point. 
Yeah. I love that. Cause like, I, I'm sure there's, you know, purists who are, you know, there's certain cars that you wouldn't want to do this to, of course. Right. But I'd want to do it to every car. Oh, okay. Having, honestly, I love a gnarly V8. I've driven some, I've built some really stupid vehicles, which are a lot of fun. I love the sound. I love the experience. I love, you know, shaking the fillings out of my teeth with a big cam. I love all that stuff. But after playing with this technology in several different platforms, um, honestly, the vehicles are better. Okay. As far as the driving experience is superior in every way, except for maybe that um, the obnoxious factor, you know, the noise that, that you miss, but it's taken over by something else a weird you sound like your car sounds like it's something out of blade runner right. and uh you can still hear the rest of the car you can hear the shifting you hear the suspension you know you still know that you're in an old car mm-hmm. um but the power and the drivability of these things is just it's it's absolutely phenomenal okay so it's just like this you know electric just kind of seems to be like straight up better it is the only limitation that we have right now um, in electric, as everybody who everybody who follows this side of uh, of you know what's going on in vehicle development knows, is batteries and charging. Yep. Um, which that technology is coming. Um, so a lot of the times, range does become an issue um, if you're looking for a road trip vehicle. You know, we're not there yet. We can get you. You know, we, we, it's two to three miles per kilowatt hour is mm-hmm. what we, is what we say in these older vehicles, which when you're packing, you know, 50 kilowatt hours of, of, of storage, it, that can be significant. You know, you're looking at a hundred to 150 miles. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is that's all the, the range that you need to daily drive. So yeah. you can theoretically commute to work in your Camaro. Mm-hmm. You know, with no fuel penalty, you just plug it in. Yeah. Oh man, that's so fun. That's so exciting to just to think about that. That you could, you know, these older cars with their they're just so fun and their styling so much. You know, they're just different than newer cars. You know, to be able to have that uh, reliability and ease of maintain, easy ease ability to maintain it, I guess, and and be able to drive it every day and not feel like you're, you know also sucking gallons of gas every time you step yeah. on the pedal, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, and the fact of the matter is, is these old cars, they're never going to happen again. The experience of driving these vintage vehicles, you can't replicate. Mm-hmm. So by doing it the way that we're doing it, by creating a motor that drops in, just like doing a small block swap on anything, um, we are maintaining the feel of the vintage vehicle it keeps it you know you keep an old school manual transmission that you do need to throw gears around in yeah and uh you know it's the same car you started with it's just powered by instant torque and instant horsepower um but other than that it feels very much like the car you started with Right. No, that's good to hear. Yeah, because that's what I was curious about is do you, does the feel of the car kind of stay the same? But the majority of the car is staying, it's the same car and, you know, build and everything, proportions. It's just the, the propulsion's changed. 
yeah, you're not, you're not scrapping the car that you started with. Yeah. So, however, you know, we've, we've had, we've got a guy, uh, who did an install in Seattle on the, with the Fiat, uh, uh, system that we've got. Yeah. He just literally dropped the system in a, in an old Fiat. He didn't update anything. So you uh-huh. got this shiny electric motor, uh, in the middle of, you know, the original dusty wiring. Right. And that's the thing. You, you just treat it. It's a, it's an engine swap at this point. It's yeah. a motor is, is, is all it is at this point. Um, you do have, you know, battery storage to worry about. So, um, you got to put that somewhere. And a lot of these old cars, there's just not room. You know, we've got customers coming to us asking for a hundred or 150 kilowatt, uh, hours of, of energy storage. And some of these vehicles just don't have it. It's mm-hmm. too heavy or the footprint's too big. So, right. you know, you're still retrofitting a vintage vehicle. But um, for the most part, you know, all of us who even live in the city, you know, 50 kilowatt hours in one of these is enough to get us to do it from work every day. If mm-hmm. That's what you want. Yeah, no, totally. Um, okay, let's kind of go. Can you kind of walk me through like what a... This, the process of a conversion so we can kind of go through everything like we kind of just mentioned everything with the batteries and you know mm-hmm. dropping in the block but can you kind of take me through the process of how things start and get going yeah absolutely i mean the first thing that you do is you pull the motor and you pull the motor just like you're going to pull it to do any other conversion right. um you're gonna you know you you leave your factory 12 volt electrical you leave most of your accessories in there because we repower all of them. You right. just pull the motor out and then you drop the fuel tank. You don't need that anymore. Right. And you, uh, you know, pull out the exhaust and the cooling system. Right. Okay. Uh, and then after that, you clean it up to your, to whatever level of, of restoration, uh, you want. Um, the electric motor itself, the, the, the GTE system drops in we supply depending on the application we supply motor mounts we supply adapters to the transmission we have specific adapters and clutches that we've developed specifically for ev retrofitting to a manual transmission so you've got a lightweight billet aluminum flywheel um and we usually send it with like a stage two clutch um you're never gonna have to do a clutch again because you're not physically clutching you do have to shift gears but you're never burning clutch to start off. Um, And so the whole thing just drops in. Um, And then uh, we can uh, uh, power any factory accessories, you know, electric air conditioning, uh, uh, electric power steering, or, you know, electric uh, conventional hydraulic power steering, where we've got just an electric power steering pump. Powering oh, your right. factory power steering, if that's right. what you're doing. Um, the uh, the 12 volt, or if it's a you know 24 volt vehicle, we can deal with that. But the 12 volt electrical system gets integrated into the GTE motor block, so all of that is handled from uh, the battery modules. So all of that thinks it's stock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we supply everything that you'll need to, you know, you can run your fuel gauge becomes battery storage if that's what you want. Okay. Um, so we can, we can help you 
just it's it's just pure electrical, just conventional electrical. Mm-hmm. Um, then you run a wiring harness. Uh, some that's it's definitely the most scary part for somebody who doesn't know what they're doing or has never done this before is probably a more accurate way to to put that. Um, right. You run a wiring harness through the car and you mount the batteries. Um, the the energy modules themselves we make uh, the GTE energy modules. Uh, right now consist of uh, five kilowatt hour Tesla Model S uh, batteries in a self-contained uh, battery box with its own cooling and everything set up. And then um, depending goes in the trunk uh, on a larger vehicle, we're finding that a lot of these larger vehicles, you can actually stash it where the old fuel tank uh, went. Uh, okay. Sometimes you just relocate a spare tire. Um, so you just, we find a place for it. Right. And in the future, as we continue to develop, um, we're going to start working on more like application specific battery uh, energy modules um, that'll allow you to really like maximize uh, the, the battery capacity of that vehicle. Okay. Meaning like smaller, different shapes. Smaller and different shapes, yeah, as, okay. as we go along. We, there's a lot of cool stuff in development right now. We're, we're the first. We're the, we are the, the pioneer. So there is no roadmap to doing what we're doing right now. Right. So, um, you know, as we're releasing products, we've already, you know, we're, we're already two generations ahead as far as development. So, mm-hmm. um, and... You know, we're we're moving. Uh, it's moving quickly. You know, obviously, like everybody else, COVID has definitely you know slowed things down a little bit for us. But we're still humming along. We still got plans to attend this year's SEMA show. Nice. We're still building vehicles. So, R and D has continued as 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 quickly as we possibly can. Right. Cool. And uh, you mentioned the the GTE like motor block that you guys use. It literally it looks like you know a classic engine block. Like it's the same shape and everything, right? Yeah, we've got we've got two different ones uh, for sale right now. We've got the uh, GTE one seventy three system, which is what you'll find uh, in that uh, in the Fiat that we've done that orange Fiat. So that is one hundred and thirty horsepower. 173 feet pounds of torque. Um, that's just a single motor plugs in there. Uh, it looks kind of like a little, like, like maybe half of a four cylinder engine in there. It's not, yeah. it's not anything it's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's tiny. Yeah. Um, and then the, uh, you'll find the one that's in the FJ 40 that were your, that has been everywhere is the GTE 253 motor block. Um, and that guy is sitting at about 150 horsepower. 200 feet pounds of torque or 250, excuse me, feet pounds of torque. Uh, and I will tell you that in either of these vehicles already, the GTE 253 that's in that land, we've got it in a land cruiser FJ 40 is absolutely terrifyingly powerful. Um, you have to remember that when we're talking about these, uh, the power outputs of these things, that all of that horsepower and torque is instantaneous. Mm -hmm. And, uh, remains through the operational range of that motor uh we have to limit rpm simply because the transmissions these old transmissions de-oil when you rev them up too high so you know you got to think that when you've got you know on these smaller vehicles 130 horse 173 feet pounds of torque running through let's call it 6500 rpm 
that is a different experience. So mm-hmm. um, as we develop uh, new motors, we've got the GTE 353 motor in development, uh, which as we go along, the power numbers keep looking better and better. So that may change. Uh, we may change nomenclature on that as we go along. Um, That guy is going to be north of 250 horsepower, 300 feet pounds, 353 feet pounds of torque. (laughs) And it is going to feel like you've got 450 to 500 horsepower. Right. Yeah. Because everything is instant. Yeah. As soon as you you step on the accelerator, you're off the races. Man. Crazy. And then I don't, can you kind of help me understand the, how, this works with with the transmission and the manual transmission. I don't really understand it fully. I guess. Well, it you know it's it it seems very complicated on the surface. Literally, all you're doing is you're taking a different motor, putting it into a conventional clutch and a conventional billet flywheel, but the design itself is the same. Um, and you just plug it into your factory transmission. We supply an adapter and a couplers. Um, we have a couple of different styles of, of, of clutch, mm-hmm. um, and uh, then we just adapt it to whatever transmission bell housing that your car came with or that you installed. So right now, uh, we've got applications ranging you know, on the smaller car side, air-cooled Volkswagen and Porsche, mm-hmm. um, obviously Fiat, uh, uh, um, we got, uh, uh, the Volvo for the P18, uh, P1800 stuff. So the, what is it? The M30 and M40 and M41 Volvo transmissions. Um, and then on the larger side, on the car side, we've got, uh, uh, Ford T5 and top loader, um, as well as, uh, for the muscle guys, T56, you know, Barb Warner, two T56 transmissions, um, and then on the truck side, we've got uh, a GM configuration, NV4500, five-speed manual, um, and uh, Land Cruiser, uh, Land Cruiser um, um, H41, H42, and H55F transmissions already. We've got the designs, the bell housings, everything, and we are selling them. For those okay. We're adding new applications. Feels like every day. Yeah, right. Yeah, so how does this work? Can it be done on any type of any model car now, or is it only specific models? Any model car um, with a manual transmission right now, we can do. Um, okay. A lot of like, we, we do get some, some requests for some, some newer vehicles. Once you move into, you know, OBD2 and CAN bus style electrical, you could do it if you wanted to, but you've got a lot of computer programming and everything there that we're just not really interested in. So anything that you can do a conventional small block Chevy swap on, an LS swap, if you will, right? you can, you know, install a GTE uh, system uh, Man. In, with very little, very little drama going in there, very little custom work. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to. We have the GTE vehicle systems that are coming up and uh, on running. We've got, as we mentioned, we've got Land Cruiser forty and sixty series. Uh, we've got Land Rover Defender, um, and uh, we're working on a lot of full size pickups. Uh, full size GM is probably going to be the first that we tackle, mm-hmm. um, 
And then on the car side, uh, first gen Camaros, uh, Mustangs, um, all of the, all of the old a body stuff, all of that stuff. We were, we're working on vehicle specific systems, Porsche Volkswagen. Uh, obviously the Fiat system is up and, uh, for sale right now on the yeah. website. So early Bronco, like the, the list just keeps mm-hmm. on going as we get further into it. We're figuring out what transmissions, uh, work for these vehicles and if factory transmissions can work. And if we see the demand for it through market research, we are, have begun developing a system for it. Okay. And so this, the like, uh, model specific conversions, those that just kind of make it's, it's just all, it's more of an easier conversion. Is that what it is really? Well, all, all it is, is that we've worked out, uh, the length of your wiring harness. Uh, that means that we have worked out how much battery storage you can get in. We have instructions on where to put the batteries. And then we have, uh, all of the, the motor mounts that you're going to need to, and the adapters mm-hmm. worked out between the uh, uh, m- the new motor and uh, clutch and manual transmission. Okay, I get you. That makes sense. So it, you really you really do treat it as a conventional motor swap yeah. on the front end of the car. The only real difference is that we have to allocate battery space. Right. Um, and on the upcoming newest generation of uh, system that we're working on, which we are taking pre-orders for already, we've already got a line out the door. Um, it'll actually have. Uh, battery modules built into the motor block itself. So, um, you know, depending on how much total range you need, uh, uh, half uh, or, you know, a third of your energy storage is right there under the hood. And that also works to help with the vehicle's balance because it weighs about the same as, you know, a traditional small block V8 up in the front. Right, okay. Really, it represents a fantastic evolution in electrifying an older vehicle. Yeah, man, that's great. Yeah, because if you could just, it's all just right there. It makes it so much easier, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah it, feel, it feels like after you get over the fact that it's powered by electricity, the mechanics of it feel very traditional, which is our entire goal. We're not just trying to appeal to people who are up on, you know, big tech. We're, you know, obviously the emission side of things is great and it's something that we're passionate about. But even then, what really what we're about right now is providing our holder a way to power these old vehicles without some of the penalties of using old technology and burning gas. Um, Mm -hmm. Performance-wise, electric is superior to gasoline. Mm-hmm. or to, to petrol-based, you know, fuels. Right. Um, so after you get over that fact, um, it feels, it, it are, as a manufacturer, um, we're looking to compete with some of the traditional uh, crate engine manufacturers. It is a crate motor. It's yeah. just not powered by gas. Right. So when you plug it in, it feels just like plugging in a V8. The only difference is that you're not having to get your hands dirty with fluids. You know, you're not having to weld up a new exhaust. Uh, you don't have to run about uh, worry about running a cooling system, or is my cooling system going to be able to run, uh, keep up with all of this um, power that I've got under the hood anymore? We sort all of that. It comes with a small cooling system for your batteries and controllers that we have worked out. We know it's going to work. You just drop it in and go. Yeah. 
Oh man, so cool. I mean, it it just is so uh, foreign to think like that, but it makes total sense that it's it's just you know dropping in an engine. It is, um, and people don't realize. I mean, that's where uh, electric GT kind of uh, the conclusion that that we all came to with the the founders Eric and Brock uh, <clears throat> coming together um, and figuring out that it doesn't have to be this big complicated science project. Uh, we're trying to take the, you know, the, the science project out of the swap. It's not a pallet of parts. It doesn't have to be a pallet of parts, just like any other traditional manufacturer performance stuff. We can provide a full system with instructions ready to go. The system mm-hmm. comes to you when you get this delivered, you pull it out of the crate and you bench test the system like out of the car it's 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 sent to you running wow and we always recommend that you bench test the system before you install it in your vehicle (laughs) so there's no guesswork all you have to do is have basic hand tools and a cherry picker um Mm -hmm. and just a basic factory service manual to remove your old stuff and you can install this yourself Right. Yeah. That's something because this is this is like mostly DIY. These are what people are doing. Uh, we've got we've got some DIY. Uh, one of the things that we've been working on is a traditional, you know, a traditional dealer network, just like any other manufacturer. So uh, we're working on uh, establishing relationships with speed shops that are going to offer this con- conversion along with, you know, your LS swap. This is just another option. Yeah. Man, very cool. So we do have uh, a significant uh, uh, subsection of DIY guys, especially with the small small platforms that are traditionally uh, people usually consider for EV swaps, your air-cooled uh, Volkswagen stuff, uh, Fiat's, Triumphs, all, those, all of those smaller uh, cars that you, can, you tend to pick up um, that are, tend to be more affordable. Those are, those are the guys that we're seeing DIY. Uh, right now for the most part with exceptions we've got a guy uh, in colorado who's doing an fj40 with a full conversion on it so wow. um, it is something that is totally attainable for you to do after like i said after you get over the fact that it's powered by electricity we've simply worked the whole thing out it's easier than retrofitting a different uh ice engine into any vehicle there's you don't have to weld up exhaust so you don't need a welder Mm-hmm. You don't need all of that to worry about. You don't have to plumb your cooling system. Yeah. Um, all you do is you plug it in and you go. Man, that's so cool. It makes me think of, uh, I'm not super familiar, but like, you know, in the early 1900s, when like cars were coming around, there was, they were figuring out what sort of, you know, propulsion system, if it should be, you know, gasoline powered or electric or steam or whatever. And we ended up going with, you know, gasoline for whatever reason, if it was the you know, Ford or something, but like, it feels like you're taking us on this alternate timeline, this different universe where, you know, the, the first gen Camaro would have been electric instead of gas, you know? Well, you know, even, even, uh, down in the 1900s, they had electric vehicles. Yeah. You know, people don't seem to realize that electric cars have been an option for 120 years at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, development of the technology. Uh, if we want to get into the history of it a little bit, you know, gas won because industry wanted it. 
Um, it didn't win because electricity is an inferior. They just haven't developed the technology. So right. we're fine. We're going to see a second coming of, of vehicle propulsion here with different technologies because we've realized that the limitations of, of, you know, ice motors, you know, internal combustion, uh, you know, it takes a lot of resources. It uh, is really bad for the environment and uh, pollutes a lot. I know that, you know, electric, uh, electric uh, vehicles have their own issues with uh, mining and, and their own impact on the environment. Right. Um, and I do feel like we'll get there as a society on the, on the technology and figuring out how to make this uh, more environmentally friendly. But as it is right now, uh, you're still on the, uh, on the environmental side of things you're still not creating local pollution. Um, and a lot of times right now, you know, we're the Tesla modules we used are technically recycled. Oh, okay. so, uh, we're not, we're not using brand new Tesla modules. We're using Tesla modules that have five, 10,000 miles on them. Oh, so when you think about it that way, you're really, you know, if you, if that's your thing, you are really practicing what you preach by going with an electric GT conversion. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even on a, you know, performance and efficiency level, uh, you know, combustion engines have had like a hundred year head start to, you know, figure all this stuff out. And electric's been what, 10 years maybe, and it's already surpassing it. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously we've seen uh, auto manufacturers have been playing with electrical for really it's like 30 years a plus um it's been used in like mining in areas where you can't have emissions oh. uh, but it's just not been it's just like you said it just hasn't been developed mm-hmm. um and that's really what's stopping us right now and the development is coming you know on the enthusiast side of side here we've just kind of got to wait for the original equipment manufacturers who can afford the battery r&d um to slap some new technologies on us and it is coming Mm-hmm. Um, right now the, the motors and controllers, we've got that worked out. We're just at the mercy of battery technology right now, which still is not bad when you're mm-hmm. talking about range. Uh, you just can't go to a gas station and automatically recharge your electric. Right. Yeah. So that's, yeah. What about the, uh, I imagine this would be like a little, like kind of fun as to where you're putting the, uh, the charge port. Do most people just put that where the, the put fuel... that where the fuel tank goes? That's the okay. coolest thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and in our uh, vehicle specific systems, we actually we plan on using the factory uh, fuel tank location just because it's awesome. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, that's our whole philosophy. Again, we're trying to you know we're speaking to the traditional automotive enthusiast here. So. We want that car to feel like the car that it was before the conversion. And uh, we go at great lengths to assure that that stays that way after the electric GP conversion. Right. Cool. Um, well, man, Pete, this was great. Thanks for walking me through all that. Uh, like that. I think that answers all my questions on like conversions and stuff. Can Perfect. we jump back? Because I always like to learn um, like kind of how this got started, the history of sure. electric GT and, you know, how, like, how did this all begin? Sure. So uh, a few years ago, uh, one of the founders, uh, Eric Hutchinson, decided uh, to buy a Ferrari that had been burned out, a 308 GT, and uh, 
just decided uh, after playing around that he was going to make it electric, mainly because he loves to piss people off. Right. So um, <laughs> he built that car, and it got a lot of uh, play on several uh, several channels. Uh, you know, it, it went up on uh, Top Gear mm-hmm. against uh, uh, the Stig drove it against a uh, gas powered three hundred eight GT and. Uh, the electric car smoked it by 10 seconds in the, wow. on, the, on the track. So very significant. So he started getting into that. Uh, he built himself a second uh, uh, Fiat. Um, and then from there, uh, he decided that he wanted to make a business out of it. On the other side, uh, we've got Brock Winberg, who, who, uh, uh, who is an engineer who graduated and decided that he liked just liked electric cars. Uh, he was con. Uh, a company to um, uh, send a couple of H1 Hummers over a, an Arctic expedition. Um, so he kind of dipped his toes in there, and then they were uh, contacted by. Uh, they they kind of came together uh, over a project with actually Volkswagen to create that uh, Volkswagen uh, uh, bus a, a couple years ago. And um, after that, they realized that they could actually build a business out of this. And it's been off to it's, it's just been off to the races from there. Yeah. Um, they brought me in uh, to help kind of standardize uh, the business and kind of make it operate, make it operate and feel like a traditional manufacturer because I've got industry experience. Um, and uh, we're right now we're just uh, working primarily on R&D and doing these large scale vehicle builds. Um, and, uh, with, after the economy kind of comes back online, everything we've, we've got a retail website, electricgt.com, uh, up and running that you can, uh, purchase product from, and we're going to be moving away from installations and onto just, uh, any other vehicle conversion, you know, performance manufacturer. Right. Sweet. How long have you guys been around? Uh, we have been around in one form or another since about 20... 2014 2015 um okay and we keep just kind of on the small scale you know with with eric uh developing the you know the ferrari and then getting a couple of contract jobs from there um and then uh you know as in our current form you know we've been doing what we've been doing right now for really a couple years uh we've been very quiet really focused on um r&d and development of the technology and only really in the last year have we actually fully unveiled ourselves to the public uh, with some big uh, product releases and everything coming uh, at this year's SEMA show. Right. Sweet. Okay. When is SEMA again? Uh, it is in, well, it is, uh, I forget the dates right off the top of my head right now. End of October, uh, beginning of November. You can always count on it uh, interfering with Halloween if you have young children. Right. <laughs> uh, so assuming SEMA goes forward with everything going on with COVID right now, yeah. uh, we've got some major announcements that are going to be coming uh, at the SEMA show. So definitely uh, stay tuned for sure. Sweet, man. That's so fun. I'm so glad you guys are doing this. Can't wait to see like, you know, what it's going to be like in, in five or 10 years, what you guys are doing. It is so exciting to be, I, I've worked in the industry for a long time, mainly with, with four wheel drives, but uh it is so exciting to be a part of something that is looking toward the future instead of pretending that the future is just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
we have to face the fact that um, internal combustion is going to go by the wayside, uh, whether it's in 10 years, whether it's in 40 years, you know, it's going to go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're already seeing with, you know, cities in Europe, you know, are banning diesel uh, and, and, and they're going to be having, you know, a rotation of who can drive, you know, their internal combustion uh, engine in city limits, you know, and that stuff, people don't like to say it, but that stuff is going to have to come here too. Um, so regardless of where you sit on the environmental issue, uh, it's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, and in order to keep car culture alive, man, we've all got to evolve, right? Whether you like it or not, we have to evolve. This is the moment. Mm -hmm. So, uh, electric GT, uh, has really, focused on the performance and the car culture aspect. And we're telling people that you can bring that old whatever out of the garage and repower it and drive it. Yeah. That, and you, and we're, you're going to, if you take this approach, you're going to be able to drive your vehicle as long as you want to, it will never, you will never not be able to power it. Um, It'll never be illegal to drive it due to emissions. Yeah. And uh, you can just, if you want to commute in an old convertible Mustang, you just can't. Yeah. Which is, to me, the most appealing part of this is just being able to drive the car that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Man, so cool. Yeah, so cool. Um, well, man, Pete, this was awesome. Thank you. Uh, let's just finish it off. Do you have any like uh, favorite builds that you guys are working on or like uh, something you'd like to see you guys do in the future? We've got, uh, I have to be so careful with what we're working on right now. Yeah, but okay. We've got, so my, my favorite build right now, obviously as a Land Cruiser guy, is our GTE 253 uh, FJ40. Um, mm-hmm. That is the pioneer for the real drop-in uh, larger crate motor, um, and having driven that thing, it is uh, it is it just brings a smile to your face. It's so freakishly fast, and it's mm-hmm. the medium motor that really you can buy one right now. Uh, but uh, really, we should all wait for the next motor that we're working on coming out right now. Um, in the shop right now, I'll just say that we have everything from Land cruiser, Land Cruisers, Defenders. Uh, we've got some Porsches. We've got a couple of uh, got a couple of bow ties uh, that are probably going to make some waves when they come out. Um, we've got uh, the upcoming Bronco uh, build that we're doing uh, with Gateway Bronco for the Omaze uh, raffle. So oh, cool. there is some seriously cool stuff coming out. And again, I got to stress. SEMA, you're going to get to, everybody's going to get to see it. All right, sweet. Man, well, thanks, Pete. Uh, seriously, I'm glad you guys are around doing what you guys are doing. It's, uh, I think it's, it. a, yeah, man, it's, I think it's important work, needs to be done. So glad you guys are doing it. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Have a good one, Pete. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Thank you for being here and listening to the end. Told you it'd be good. Isn't that fun? Isn't that awesome to think about that you can convert an old classic car, whatever you want, like a 1960s Jag or something to an electric vehicle? I want to get like a DeLorean and convert it to an electric car. 
I think that'd be sweet because they're not that great. They're not known for their performance and handling as is. So you might as well just soup it up and beef it up to an electric vehicle and have that torque and power. Hell yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to Pete for being on the show and sharing all this stuff. So excited to hear about it. And uh, that's all we got to say, I guess. I'll, I'll tell you, if you know somebody who likes cars or loves electric vehicles or anything like that, I would request that you send this episode to them. I think they would enjoy learning about this stuff and it would probably excite them as much as it excites me. Uh, So that'd be great. Email it to them or tell them about it in person or send it to them through social media, whatever you want to do. That'd be great. Super appreciate that. You can find me, Travis DeRose, on the Instagram website. And my username there is at Trav DeRose, D-E-R-O-S-E. You can send me an email to Travis at curiositiness.com. Send me your ideas for new episodes and thoughts and feedback. All that stuff will be in the description with links to all that stuff. Thanks again for being here and listening to this episode. I will see you in episode 88.